Good morning, everyone. I'm Phil Collins, not the Phil Collins, but a Phil Collins. And I'm so excited to be up here today to continue our series, Mastermind, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. Uh, When you came in, you should have gotten a CPC5. Uh, Today's a little bit interactive. And so if you didn't get one, Brandon would love to get you one. So did anybody not get one? Brandon, can you hand a few more of those out, please? Thank you very much. So, mastermind, change your thinking, change your life. Well, over the last couple weeks, we've heard from a couple different people in the church. Uh, The first week, the person that started off this series is Megan Williams, and she preached on prayer, and she talked about how, yes, woo, she talked about how prayer activates the power of God in our lives. And then last week, I'm not even going to try to say his name, he was here in the first service, T, Tafazawa, close enough? Okay. He preached last week on being self-aware. I was self-aware that I couldn't say his name, so I just showed that to you. So he talked about we needed to make sure that we know who we are in Christ. Christ gives us our worth. We have to know that, and we have to be self-aware that we need to change. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how to change our mind. We're going to learn how to take our thoughts captive and win the war in our mind. Well, someone in the Bible uh, that battled a lot and wrote most of the New Testament is the Apostle Paul. And Paul was one of those guys that towards the end of his life, he really did learn to master his thoughts, but it wasn't always that way. In his early writings, if uh, if you go back and look at those, sometimes Paul seems a little bit crazy which is really good for you and for me, because a lot of times I feel like my head is only racing with crazy thoughts. Am I alone in that? No? I didn't think so. If I was, then I probably should just get down now and just be preaching to myself. So good, good to know that. And so when we look at Paul, we know that he was battling, but he did, at the end of his life, learn to capture the thoughts in his mind. Because see, the the battle that Paul was going through wasn't just in the the day-to-day of going and and sharing the gospel. A lot of the writings that he does, he does from a prison. He's behind bars. How can a person behind bars have a positive outlook on life and be uh, praising God for everything he's doing in in his life, everything he's going to do that he's going to do for other people? Like you'd mostly just be in your self-pity, just wondering, you know, when am I going to get out? What's God going to do for me? But Paul battled. He he says in Romans 7.15, he says, The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. What is going on? Who can save me from this bondage? He was battling, wrestling, but he fought, he warred, and he won, and he learned to master his thoughts. So we've been in the last couple weeks, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. We're going to continue there today, and uh, the text will be up here on your screen. Paul said, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with, that's Christ followers, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Uh, One of the themes that we've kind of been talking about and T talked about it last week is a stronghold. What is a stronghold? Well, it's a fortified prison that's a little bit more than just your, your regular uh, Collin County jail sale. This is something that you are locked behind. You are not getting out. On your own, you will never escape 
this stronghold. It's fortified. And how does it become, how do we become prisoners in this fortified prison? Why are we locked in these prisons? It's because we're locked in there by the deception of the enemy. We've been told lies by the enemy that Satan over and over and over again of all the things that we're not, and we've believed these lies, and it's put us there in this prison. And so what does our enemy do? Well, our enemy shapes our thinking one lie at a time, one brick at a time over and over again. We're being locked inside this prison. Each brick represents a lie, and they just keep stacking up. Maybe a lot of the bricks have the same exact lie on them, and they just keep stacking around you, and you're wondering, how am I ever going to get out of this? That's what the enemy's doing. He is trying to tell you that you can't trust God. You can't succeed on your own, which is true, but you're always broke. I'll never amount to anything. God doesn't care about you. I can't let people know my struggles. Why am I rejected all the time? These are all the lies that the enemy is trying to tell you. But Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5, He says that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what we're doing is we're learning to recognize the lies that the enemy's telling us. And we want to replace those. We want to make those thoughts obedient to Christ. And so you might be wondering, why does this matter? Why do I need to know this? Well, the life that we live, the life that you live is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Your life is moving in the direction of the thoughts that you think. That's kind of been our theme there is that when, when our life's going in a direction, when we're having certain thoughts, that's where our life is going to end up. That's the life that people are going to see from the outside. And so what we have to do is we have to change our thinking in order to change our life. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell them that God is going to change their life. Go for it. Oh man, come on, tell them God is going to change your life. I'm excited about it. I'll tell myself if I had a tease mirror that he was talking about last week, I would be self-aware to tell myself that. So our life is moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As I think in my heart, that is who I will be. And so if we, tell our th- if we hear lies like, I think I, I can't do this, then you probably won't. But if you believe that through the power of Christ that you can, then you can. If you feel like a victim and you become one, you become a victim, you tell yourself you're always a victim, then you will be. But if you believe that you can overcome through the power of Christ, then you can. If you dwell on problems, if you're always overwhelmed, but instead you look for solutions to your problems in God and you seek God, then you will see him working in your life. And for most of us, and mostly all situations, most of the battles or the wars are won or lost in our minds. The mind is like a battlefield. It is like a war. We sang this morning, um, this is how I fight my battles. I feel like I'm surrounded. It's such a simple song, but it's almost like a battle cry of when when we're facing these wars in our minds, that it is a battle. And I've got to remind myself that it's a battle and that I'm not 
uh, just going through the motions that this is a battle and I need to address it. And it's a battle between God's truth about you and Satan's lies to you. God has truths that he says about you in his word, but the Satan's telling you these lies that are coming uh, from the world in a worldly view. It is a war in your mind between, the, between God's truth and the enemy's deception. And so today, I want you to take your CPC-5 and flip over to the back. Uh, I have what's called a thought audit. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at these three extremes. And I want, it's like a sliding scale. I want you to circle the number on there when I, we talk about it, of uh, what you thought about this last week. Because I believe it's important to think about what you think about. It's a simple concept, but part of being self-aware is to think about what we think about. And I just want you to, to go back over the last couple of days. So maybe just during the week, this last week and into the weekend, what were some of the things that you were thinking about? Was your mind constantly worried? Like, how am I going to get all this done? I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my future. I'm worried about my job, my health. Were you worried this last week? Were your thoughts worried or were your thoughts peaceful? Like, I'm secure in God's promises I'm following what he has for me. I'm full of peace. I know I can trust him. This last week, were your thoughts more worried or were they peaceful? And go ahead and circle that. And this last week, were your thoughts more negative or were they positive? Did you think critical of people? You were just finding faults in everybody, maybe even in yourself. You were just critical all week long, negative, negative. Instead, were you positive? Did you think positive thoughts this last week? Like you believe the best in people, man, my life is good. I'm so thankful for what I have. You're optimistic about the future. Did you think negative thoughts this week or did you think positive thoughts? And circle one there. And the last one is worldly or eternal. This last week, were your thoughts worldly? Like, oh man, I, I know I need that. That is what I need. That's what's gonna make my life good. Or I wish I had what they had. You're trying to just play the rat race. Were you thinking worldly thoughts this last week or were you thinking eternal thoughts? Like God's gonna use me. I'm a child of God. This life isn't the life uh, where it all ends. I have a future and a place in heaven. I'm thinking eternal thoughts and I'm gonna do whatever I can here while I'm here to achieve that for Christ. Did you think worldly thoughts or did you think eternal thoughts? Go ahead and circle that. And so... Since our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, we cannot have a positive life if we constantly have a negative mind. And it's because our thoughts matter. We have to think about what we think about. What comes into your mind will come out in your life. So if your life's moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, are you excited about where those thoughts are taking you? If you go back to the thought audit and you think about the thoughts you were thinking this last week, can you go back and honestly say, you know what, I am excited about where my thoughts are taking me. This is good. Or are you thinking, man, where these thoughts are taking me is to a place I don't want to be. I need to change my thinking. Back in uh, 2016, uh, Joey and Megan, uh, Joey's a pa worship pastor here at Connection Point, they approached us to be a part of a camp ministry called Warrior Week and Girls Get Away. Yes, shameless plug, uh, registrations in a couple weeks, deposits $150, and uh, we'll be sending a link on Facebook if you'd like to sign up. 
But it is for, the Warrior Week is for second through fifth grade boys. Girls get away through first through fifth grade girls. Well, I had heard about the camp because it's a ministry that had been going on for a long time. And I'd always wanted to be a part of it, but uh, nobody had asked me to, uh, which is fine. I mean, I was maybe in a different place or they just didn't ever think about it. Um, and, but I still wanted to be a counselor or somehow be a part of it. Um, and then in 2016, Joey and Megan approached Courtney and I and say, hey, we just went to camp this last year because we're, we're going to be taking it over. Uh, the past directors are stepping down. We'd love for you guys to think and pray about being a part of this with us. And it's, it's not just a one-year commitment um, because of the way that the ministry is. There's just a lot that has to be done. And you're making a commitment for <laughs> pretty much until your kids are, have weeded their way out through junior, you know, campers, junior counselors, and counselors. So I knew it was a big decision. But what I was battling with when Joey and Megan asked us, and I said to Courtney, I was like, well, I just told God that I wanted to be a part of this. Like, if I could just be, uh, not just, I mean, counselors have a huge job, but that's what I was thinking is like, I haven't even been a counselor. Now I'm being asked to run this camp with second through fifth grade boys. First of all, at the time, I had three daughters. I have a son now, which is awesome, but I had three daughters. I wasn't used to being around boys that, that much, and now I've got to relate to them for a week, and I'm thinking, I can't do this. I can't relate to these boys. I don't know what they're into. I don't know what I'm going to, you know, am I just going to be the, the awkward guy standing up there, you know, saying stuff from like the 80s or something like that? You know, what, what am I going to do? I, I can't go and share the gospel to these young boys. I mean, I've gone on mission trips and shared the gospel, but this is different. How am I going to keep the attention of them for a 15-minute talk? Those were the thoughts that were going through my mind. That was just when we were asked. We said yes, and now we're going to camp in 2017. We've gone in 2018. We're doing it again here soon. But those thoughts still, they're not gone. Like, I still feel inadequate to go and lead this camp, to make it all happen, to organize everything, which we have great partners, and Joey and Megan and my wife, Courtney, and we work as a team. But on my own, a lot of times I feel like I'm on an island and that I can't do it. And I know I can't do it. I know I can't prepare just the right way, say just the right things. I have to trust that God is leading me. And so every single year around this time, it's a reminder, like I take a break when camp ends in July and we start planning about now, I get like a six-month break of not thinking. I'm basically thinking nothing. Like, okay, but when January rolls around, those inadequacies and I'm, me not being good enough just pop back into my brain. And so I have to change my thinking as we prepare to go that God is going to use me no matter what. I just have to trust that he has the power to do it, not me. And so what I do is I replace those lies with a truth. I replace the lies of the enemy with a God-honoring truth. Because in order, to do, in order to change our trajectory, we have to do this. We have to change our thinking. Because our life will move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. There's a battle going on. The marriage that you have is most likely a result of the thoughts that you think. Your job or the way that you feel there, your financial situation is likely a result of the thoughts that you think. Your joy or your lack of joy is largely based on the thoughts that you think. And so what we need to do, and if you'll look at the back of your CPC 5, what we need to do is we need to identify the number one stronghold that's holding us back. And that's what we're going to go through right now. And I want you to identify this stronghold. 
We've talked about what a stronghold is. It's a fortified prison. It's, it's something that we're locked in and we are locked in by deception, by the, the lies of the enemy. And your enemy is using, uh, what your enemy is doing is to keep you locked in this prison so that you can't live the life that God wants you to live. He wants you to do anything but live for God. And so we have to battle. What is the number one stronghold that's holding you back? And why is it important? When you have thoughts, any thought that you have, you're changing the chemical makeup in your brain. You ever felt like that sometimes? Like you're like a fork in the road and like I can go this way for, for a good decision or this way, but you don't know which one's right. What we need to do is we need to identify and know what's right and know which path we need to take because every thought creates a sort of neurochemical change in your body. For instance, if you have a positive thought, you might get a chemical reaction and it's called dopamine. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but it is basically like a free drug that's legal to have here. You can do that in church. It's a good feeling. Like if I tell Mike he looks great today, which he does as always, then Mike's going to go, hey, I think I, I, think I like that. That's, that's nice of Phil to say. And he gets a little bit of dopamine. Or, you know, maybe you're a person that gets on Instagram and posts things. I don't. But sometimes I go in there, double tap, if my wife posts a bunch of cute pictures of my kids. And maybe my wife gets that response. Oh, Phil likes my post. He sees it. Or one of my friends that I really like and respect likes it. And she gets a little bit of dopamine. Or maybe Courtney texts me and says, hey, I'm thinking about you. You need to get home. And I'm like, dopamine. And we get these thoughts, that feeling in our head, and we think to ourselves, you know what? I'd like to feel that again. That, That feels good. These positive hits, our brain is getting this dopamine, and it feels good. And so we're creating these pathways in our brain, and the more we think a thought, the more we're likely to think it again. The more likely it's to become the default thought. And so, kind of like that fork in the road that I was talking about, if you have thoughts that come into your brain, like, this is going to be a tough day, life's not, uh, life's not giving me what I want, I, I can't do this, and those are the thoughts that you constantly think about, you, you go to the negative, and you imagine this is a field with tall grass, the path quite, isn't quite there yet, you're, you're forging the path. And so, I go down this path over here, and I, as I think those negative thoughts, I'm wearing the grass down, I'm wearing it down over time. And I'm making it easier to think that thought, to think that default negative thought. And that is not healthy. We're creating a pathway that makes it easier to believe the lie instead of believing that God is your source. If you're always thinking that today is going to be a a tough day, that's going to be your pathway. If you've got a big presentation, your heart's racing, I can't do this, I can't do this, and you go down that pathway, that's not healthy and not from God, you're creating negative neural pathways. Change your thinking so that you can create a new path. And then what we do is, instead of going down that default path, we're going to capture that thought and that negative lie from the the enemy and say, that's not from God. I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to go down a different path and choose a different thought. Create a new pathway 
with God-honoring thoughts. We're creating God-honoring pathways in our brain. And so we have this stronghold uh, mindset that we're, that we're stuck in. And there's, there's, there's paths that we've got to choose. Maybe we've created a, a, an unhealthy path, path, but we need to go down a healthy one. And, and this comes into our day-to-day life. Um, maybe if you have a job that's chaotic, which most of us probably do, it's loud, you're just ready to get home and relax, but you've got four kids and a six-week-old, and you get home, you walk in the door, and all you hear is loud music, everybody's Kindle is turned all the way up, the baby's crying, and one of the kids, for some reason, is naked, I don't know why, but I guess it's spaghetti night or something like that. I want to ruin the clothes. And you're just, so your first reaction when, when one of the kids said something to you is to scream at them. And you scare them. <laughs> How often do we go down that path of, the, oh, I'm just going to react. I'm just going to react with chaos. Chaos is going around me. So that's how I'm going to react. And instead, maybe we need to count down from five. I know there's a, a, a method out there where you count down five, four, three, two, one. That's not what this is, but maybe sometimes you do. And you need to count down, maybe from 5,000, it might take you a little bit longer, go get a cup of coffee, find a dark place in the corner of your closet, whatever you need to do. But we need to change our thinking and not react with that chaos. Or maybe you feel bad about yourself, feeling negative about the way that you look, feel, and your first reaction is to do something that's unhealthy for you, whether it be food or just, uh, you know, not being active. And instead, what we have to do is we have to do something that is positive for us, like maybe eat something healthy or take a walk, or work out. Uh, Jared, I think, will invite you over. He does workouts in his garage. He'd love to have you over sometime. <clears throat> we have to make a different decision so we don't keep going down the path that has been leading to destruction for us. We have to think a different way, forge a new path in our brain. We have to say things that we know are truth. Like, I believe that my God is for me, that my God is with me, He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. When the enemy's telling you your lies, you have to run away from those and reprogram them with the truth of God, the truth that God says about you. Science would say it's a way to rewire your brain, kind of like this picture and uh, the bumper video, you kind of see the different wires. Science says rewire, but God says you need to renew your mind. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, don't do what the world does. Don't act like the people in the world do. We can't conform to their pathways. You see people going down pathways that you know are unhealthy. You have to be self-aware to know that you're also forging pathways of destruction for yourself, and we have to be aware of that by renewing our mind with God-honoring thoughts that tell us the truths about us instead of the lies. Renew your mind so we can be transformed and changed by God. So identify that stronghold because we have to give it a name. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. I guarantee you those four football teams that are playing today have been studying for weeks, even if they didn't know who they were going to play, they have to define 
what the other team's going to do. Who is that that we're playing? What are they going to do? What am I up against? Um, you know, when we're saying this is how I fight my battle, what battle? Like, what are we up against here? We have to give it a name so that we know what truth we can use to, to demolish that lie. It might be like, I'm not lovable. I'm not worth it. I don't deserve good things. God doesn't love me. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I'll never be good enough. I don't have this. I don't have that. What is the lie? Are you helpless? Are you hopeless? Are you feeling worthless? Does your life sometimes feel pointless? You have to define. Give it a name. And then we're going to move on to the second thing that we have to do to demolish these strongholds. We have to name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. You've already given it a name. You've defined what's keeping you locked inside. Now we're going to name the truth that sets us free. What you have to imagine is being inside, maybe just locked behind a door, or you could be in this prison. And what if we didn't know what we're up against? We've heard the lies, but there's a lot, there was a lock on the outside of the gate that's, that's already been broken by Christ who came and died on the cross for your sins. That's been broken, but you don't know the truth that you need to know to set you free. You're, you're, you're blind to it because you haven't defined what's keeping you in there, so you don't even know how to get out. But all you have to do is push, and you can get out, but you haven't defined it. We have to define it. We have to know the truth. In uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, that's what we've been in this whole time. I want to read it one more time. Uh, follow along with me on the screens. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with, that's we as Christians, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power, that's power from heaven, God's power to demolish strongholds. And how do we do it? We demolish those arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So anything that's not for God, we demolish it and we take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. The word here for, for take captive literally means to capture it and to attack it with a sword. What's, what do we have access to? What sword do we have access to to attack and demolish these strongholds? Well, in Ephesians uh, 6, it lists the, uh, bot, the full body armor of Christ and what we need to put on in order to go to battle. Like we, we have to be prepared to battle. We can't just go out there the football players today aren't going to go out there in a swimsuit. Like, that's just not going to happen. They are going to be prepared, and they're going to go to battle. We have to do the same. And so what are those pieces that we need to put on? We need to put on the belt of truth. We need to have the breastplate of righteousness. Our feet have to be fitted, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We need to take up the shield of faith to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. We need to take the helmet of salvation and last, the only offensive, offensive weapon that we have access to is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It is the Bible, God's living word. So all those other defensive things, we have to have those on to protect ourselves. But in order to attack the enemy, we have to have the sword of the spirit. So and when you are naming that stronghold and you're giving it a truth, this is how we're going to attack it. We're going to attack it straight from God's word. 
We're not gonna attack it from our own abilities or anything that we can do. We're gonna use what God has already, the truth that God has already said about us. And then the more that we travel into that truth, into God's word, the easier it is to believe it. The more you will believe the truths instead of the lies, and the more you'll be able to change your thinking because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what's that number one stronghold? How are we gonna defeat it? The reason it's so important and so powerful, uh, that, uh, sorry, the reason that these lies are so powerful is because that there are, is truth in the lies, right? Because Phil on his own is not good enough. Phil on his own is weak. I can't do all the things that I want to do. I'm going to do the things I don't want to do. But the awesome thing about it is I'm never on my own. As a follower of Christ, I always have access through prayer to the power of Christ. And I can directly access that anytime that I need to. And so whenever I'm traveling down those pathways of negativity that's ruining my life, maybe ruining my marriage, whatever it is, I have access to the power of Christ and I am never on my own. He's always with me and I have his living word, the spirit, the sword of truth, the sword that gives us access to attack the enemy. And so now God's truth has become the default in my life. I'm gonna make it the default in my life by traveling down those pathways to, to him. And so Satan continues, the enemy continues to say things like, you, you can't get it all done. You, you're too busy. You, you don't have time to get this all done. But Christ says, you can do all things through, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. I can't do it on my own, but with Christ's strength, I can. You might say, I, I'm not a good enough mom. Uh, the cupcakes I made the other day don't look like they did on Pinterest. I, I'm, I'm not good enough. But Christ says, when I'm in you, you are more than enough. Christ in me is more than, more than enough, far more than enough than anything this world can say about me. If you're scared about your future, you're worried, constantly worried, God says, put your faith in me and I will never leave you. Maybe you think I'm not attractive. I don't like what I see. I don't like the way I feel. I just, ugh, I don't, I'm not who I thought I would be. You know what God says? He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Maybe you feel miserable, hopeless, and, and, and you, know, you just feel like, oh, I can't get out of this. But God says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so what we're doing is we're replacing those lies with truths that God says about us because our lives will move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. I wanna close with this. As Christ followers, I've said that a couple of times, we have access to these supernatural um, truths about us, right? To demolish these strongholds. But, but there could be someone in here that's thinking, well, how do I gain access to, to something like this? And it's so simple. God died on the cross for your sins in order for you to be able to have a free relationship with him, a free gift. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that I can do, you can do to earn God's love, to earn his grace. It was paid for on the cross and he has risen from the dead and he's alive and he's alive in me because I follow him and I want that for you. If you feel like you, you're not quite certain and you need to talk to somebody, feel free to talk to myself or Joel or to Joey 
uh, or to John Williams. Uh, seek those people out. Find us. Talk to us. Because we want you to be able to know the truth that God says about you and so that you can come to him in prayer and, and have uh, that power in your life. Let's pray. Dear God, you are so good, Lord, so strong. You're everything that we're not, God, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that I never have to be on my own. I never have to do it on my own, God. I can find truths in your word, Lord, and I can demolish the enemy's lies, God, can demolish those strongholds, God. So I pray that you do that in my life. I pray that you do that in the lives of the people here today, Lord. Demolish them. Let us give them a name. Let's find the truth in your word, Lord. Let's seek you. Let's demolish those lies, God. You are awesome, Lord. Thank you for fighting our battles, Lord. Thank you. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.